Wildcard matchup set 49ers Seahawks part three Niners two seed Seahawks get the seven seed everything that went down Sunday in the regular season finale game balls biggest plays our takeaways from week 18 49ers Cardinals coming up right now you are locked on 49ers your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks for making us your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is what we do network wide. And that was really fun. Fishing off the regular season with a big win over the Arizona Cardinals. The 10th straight win for the San Francisco 49ers over those Arizona Cardinals. Uh, 38-13 thumping of Arizona. Uh, J.J. Watt farewell. Tons of game balls and uh, things to point out that were extremely fun and exciting in this game as the 49ers get ready for the playoffs. I do want to let everybody know out there that this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide, and they have a special offer for our listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com dot com slash locked on two seed crock it is the two seed officially that the san francisco 49ers will, will have and now after sunday night football has finished and the detroit lions knocked off the green bay packers that means it is the seattle seahawks next next week against those san francisco 49ers that's exciting and there are a lot of people that kind of look back to last year playing the team three times from the division uh, of course, I guess that's the only way you can play a team three times in one year. But I'm not afraid of this version of the Seattle Seahawks. It's not the Legion of Boom. It's not those guys. You don't have Russell Wilson over there. I think uh, Geno Smith has been terrific. But this is a matchup I'm excited to talk about throughout the week because I think the 49ers just the, – the, the matchup doesn't favor the Seattle Seahawks. Gold-blooded in the chat says, all I heard was the Packers, the most dangerous team, the team you don't want to see, blah, blah, blah. They trash like I told everyone. I, I think I think they're all trash, to be honest, Croc. Like, that game with the the Seahawks who had to go into overtime against the, the depleted Los Angeles Rams, that game was awful. Tied 16-16 after regulation. And it's not like the Lions looked great either. They were just a little bit better than Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in this one. So I, 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 am, I almost feel more confident now seeing Week 18 play out no matter who the opponent was going to be, and it turns out it's the Seattle Seahawks with the way the 49ers have ended this season with 10 straight. Yeah, I think even the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, I was keeping a close eye on that game and, and, and watching it, and they jumped out to a lead, but they played their starters the entire game, and at the end of it, it ended with a, a stopped onside kick. The New York Giants were trying to make a comeback. So, I mean, even the Eagles kind of limp into, I guess you could say, limp into the playoffs where – you know, they lost some games because they played a backup quarterback. The starter came back. I don't know. It wasn't as fluid. Uh, A.J. Brown looks like A.J. Brown, but nobody scares me to the point where I tweet out 49ers are the best teams in the NFC, and I, and I strongly believe that. All right, let's get a little bit more into this. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more about the playoffs, of course, and, and all week long. Get ready for this super wild card matchup with the Seattle Seahawks. Let's talk a little bit more about week 18 here and finish this up. we got to give out some game balls and talk about uh, this football game and – 
man, seeing the full complement of weapons with Debo back on the field and Elijah Mitchell back on the field, the 49ers offense, even when things don't look great, uh, you know, there's like some some hiccups here and there, but Brock Purdy or, or Mitchell, one of the two kind of missed a, a handoff at one point. You're like, hey, was that a, like a weird quarterback? I don't know, like off tackle that it was just such a strange look in the first half for the 49ers, even though they had a lead, it felt kind of awkward. And then they come out 17 0 in the second half and just roll away and really kind of start at the end of the second quarter as the 49ers roll away from the Cardinals. Um, when they've got everything going and you see Elijah Mitchell finishing runs the way he does, making big plays, of course, Christian McCaffrey on the screen, taking that one to the house, two more touchdowns for George Kittle, that Brock Purdy to George Kittle connection is just growing. And obviously we know what the 49ers can do on the defensive side of the ball. Like, I don't know. I, I just feel like the 49ers are, are developing into the, somewhat of a, a powerhouse right now. I know they haven't had the greatest competition recently, and the Cardinals are definitely not great competition with David Blau. But when you see all that firepower, Croc, it's like I can't wait to see what this looks like in the playoffs. There, Yeah, there's a lot for Kyle Shanahan to kind of cook up there with the weaponry at hand. Everybody looks healthy. Matter of fact, I mean, I think that should be the kind of the biggest storyline, right? You want to go into the playoffs and be as healthy as possible. And right now, you're just getting guys back, get Debo back, get Mitchell back. Mitchell scores a couple of touchdowns. Uh, I mean, they felt like they walked away from that game with no, without losing anyone else. Nick Bosa, you know, he was kind of hampered a little bit at certain points in the season. Obviously, he finished extremely strong. He's healthy. I mean, this is as healthy of a roster as you can probably hope to have heading into the year. And you are missing or heading into the, the playoffs. You are missing one big piece. And I think it is rearing his ugly head as of late, especially over the last few weeks. Dora Lenore. He's been getting bombed on, and there's been one that wasn't even, uh, it didn't even count because of something else that happened, whether it was a holding or something like that against Washington Commanders, but feels like every week, getting bombed on, big play, hey, let's just throw it up on number 38. They did a flea flicker, flea flicker out the gate, and I'm pretty sure most of the people that listen to this podcast know teams script their first, you know, 15 plays or so, so... That was scripted where, hey, we're going to script this play to challenge number 38 vertically down the field. And they did it. He got dunked on. And luckily, that was the only, like, really big play that the 49ers gave up throughout the game. But that's something where when you're facing DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and the way that Geno is throwing the ball, which is, well, he just broke the record for most completions in the season by a Seahawks quarterback, most yards in the season by a Seahawks quarterback. So, I mean, this is a good year uh, season for a guy pushing the ball down the field. If there's one thing that is kind of like, ah, let's, let's tighten this up a little bit. Got to figure out something on opposite of uh, Traverius Ward. AJ Green looking like a little flashback. AJ Green going over the top there too. On on top of the, you know, that's six four against five ten. That's kind of tough. It's a tough little push off maybe as well from AJ. Uh, a little, little push. I mean, listen. Little, so a lot of people, uh, a lot of people, Croc. You don't think that's a push off? You yes, I think it's a push off, but but they don't call it. So I can't. It's like it's not even worth bringing it up or talking about it on social media because, listen, everybody hates DBs. I say it all the time. He got pushed off like three times in one play. I didn't even think that was possible, but it happened. And I, did, I didn't even blink or bat an eye at it because they're not going to call it. Uh, usually when people ask you if it was offensive pass interference, your response is, what's that? Like what's that. that yeah what's that what's offensive pass interference um kind of some throwback to this one because jj watt had a hell of a game farewell you know it's kind of emotional at the end of the game with him saying goodbye to his family george kittle was having fun with it too and he was looking up there and his 100 year old grandma was up there and uh he was with uh, jj watt at one point saying hi to his family and 
uh, pointing to the crowd and, and they were having a good time and, uh, you know, emotional into JJ Watts, fantastic career. AJ green might be done as well, but if it wasn't for the throwbacks there, um, the, the Cardinals didn't have much else going on. And it was funny because they go flea flicker out of the gate first drive. And then it was like, eh, I don't know. It's kind of all we got. <laughs> you know, what, is, what is Cliff Kingsbury going to do now? Cause he already used his trick play uh, the first day I play the game. And he's got David Blau at quarterback. So, yeah, and, and it took a while for the 49ers to get going. And once they did, it was like, oh, yeah, this game is over, over. And that, that was a great point by you at the beginning. So they were up enough. Kyle felt comfortable enough in the end of the third quarter and then definitely in the fourth quarter start pulling guys, start pulling everybody. So getting out healthy, getting Debo and Elijah Mitchell a little bit of work and, and getting them back in so they wouldn't be super rusty going into the playoffs. And now you look like you're going to be 100% healthy just about everywhere with all those playmakers. And Kyle can start to cook with those Seahawks. By the way, with the Seahawks, and uh, you mentioned the records that Geno Smith set, for franchise records, like they're erasing Russell's, Russell Wilson's history very quickly in Seattle, right? <laughs> so funny. Um, yeah, but uh, just a, just amazing to see everyone healthy and, and and watching what the 49ers are doing right now and it's rolling over bad teams. And now in the playoffs, we'll see what it looks like against some good teams if you consider the Seahawks a good team. And 49ers rolled them pretty well a couple of times already this year. We, we talk about this roster, and clearly it's it's very strong. And we see now Lenore is a liability, right? Like I think we can all kind of admit that. He is probably the, I mean, it's the weakest link on a really talented team, on a really talented defense. Do you say, all right, enough is enough, Jack Rabbit, get ready to start? Because the 49ers do have Janoris Jenkins or Jack Rabbit Jenkins. Amber Thomas, he's not even, he hasn't even been active. So, however, you think Lenore's been, they don't think enough of Amber Thomas to even have him activated on game day. Because I heard some people like, oh, Ambry Thomas, and it's like, they, they don't want to play him. And he's been pretty banged up as well. Um, has Ambry Thomas and uh, Jackrabbit Jenkins, you know, he he made a quick appearance um, last week, and it's like, you know, he's, I, I don't think that's really the answer either. Um, you develop this guy in Lenore, you know they're going to go after him. Uh, you know, you're not going to have 11 Pro Bowlers on your defense and the other team's going to have guys that the 49ers are going to try to target. Right. So um, can you help them out? Can you do what you can? Even when they tried to go there, they got picked off multiple times too. So it can backfire on you as well. So it's up to Demo to uh, play tough and he's a, he's a tough player. And um, yeah, we'll see what that ends up looking like for the 49ers in the playoffs, but I'm not even that worried about Diomdor Lenore. He's, he's definitely the link and he's where teams are going to attack and they came out quick against him but I don't think it's enough. I don't think that's enough to be, you know, be worried about, you know, have a red flag about the 49ers ability to produce in the playoffs, ability to advance throughout the playoffs. Right. And, and that's kind of been my thing, right? Where regardless of kind of who's out there and he is the weakest link, but is he a weak enough link to where is that? Oh man, we're worried that nobody else is going to be able to perform around them or that they can't, kind of pick him up a little bit, right? I mean, you have this talented offense. You have this defense that get, gets after it. You got Nick Bosa that gets after it. You got Gibson back there picking off passes. He's had some laps here and there, of course. I, we've seen that over the last few weeks. But he's also going to make a play as well. So do you say, you know what, there's enough good around Lenore to where even if he's a weak, weak spot, it's not going to rear its ugly head enough in a game to where it's a big issue? 
Yeah, yeah, that that's sort of, and it's kind of like we've seen it with Purdy a couple times, and, and we've seen it even, even in the past with Jimmy. It's like you can make a mistake, and the 49ers are going to get over it. You know, you can have one turnover, and you're going to be okay as long as you, uh, you know, take one away from the other team as well, and you do the rest of what you need to do throughout the rest of the game. So um, I, I think the 49ers are okay. I think even though Jamador Lenore can get beat, and teams are going to go after him. I don't think that's enough. And I think the 49ers can do some things to to work around that as well with, you know, getting after the quarterback, putting the safety over the top, showing some different looks and coverage, which they already do. And that's a good point because in this game, we're talking about Lenore off of one play, right? Now, again, if you go back some other games, there are a couple plays in the Raiders game. There's a couple plays in the – uh, commander's game and then before that I can't really think off the top of my head where it was just like, oh my gosh Lenore is so, such a big issue so I guess if you look at the big picture of this we're talking about five or six plays throughout this season that you could just say oh man Lenore just really disappointed you or am I giving him a little too much credit uh no you, you... no I think you nailed it I yeah, I can't argue. I can't argue with anything there. Um, I, I'm seeing a lot in the chat about um, some scheduling, and I'm taking a look right now, and we do have a kickoff time and a schedule now for 49ers Seahawks next week. And Pony Boy Licks in the chat says, let's talk Kittle. Dude has been on fire since Purdy's QB. Of course, we are going to talk George Kittle. We're going to talk Purdy. We're going to talk more about this game, give out some game balls as well coming up on this live edition of Locked On 49ers. Today's episode is brought to you in part by our friends at Tommy John. Winter mornings are brutal. They can definitely be brutal. And man, it's been wet and cold and crazy over here, even on the West Coast. And I've needed my cozies for sure. And man, there's nothing cozier than the Tommy John loungewear. Go grab yourself some if you're looking for tips for tackling the day in comfort. Take cozy wherever you go. The underwear, the sweats. The, the shirt, the, those are the three that I got, and man, they are fantastic. Tommy John loungewear, pajamas, and underwear have dozens of comfort innovations like luxuriously soft tri-blend and micro-modal fabrics with four-way stretch and no lint balls or fuzz. That's a good point. I haven't noticed any lint balls or fuzz on any of my Tommy Johns. Uh, with over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, people love Tommy John. That's why Tommy John doesn't have customers. They have fanatics. And you can also, uh, and Tommy John's are also backed by the best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee. That's a long guarantee. Let me say it again. Best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee. So go get some of your own Tommy John's. Get 20% off your first order at TommyJohn.com slash locked on. That's 20% off right now at TommyJohn.com slash locked on. See site for details. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. Unfortunately, life doesn't come with the user manual. Sometimes you definitely wish it did. A lot of times, yeah, I wish it did. So when it's not working out for you, it's normal to feel a little bit stuck. And therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions, learn productive coping skills, make uh, it makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. And sometimes you just need that weekly check-in to make sure you're doing everything you need to do to be on track for everything you're trying to accomplish in your life, whether it's something big in your life, a big event, or you just need that check-in every single week. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. Convenient, secure, accessible anywhere, and 100% online. 
Everyone deserves to feel their best. BetterHelp makes it easier to get started. As the world's largest therapy service, they've matched millions of people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. And if you don't like the therapist you get connected with, it is super easy to change. More convenient, more accessible, and more affordable therapy at BetterHelp. So get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. All right, Croc. Um, I agree with the chat here when it comes to George Kittle. And it's almost like he's been unlocked a little bit. I don't know if that's all Purdy. I don't know if it's Kyle. I, I, I don't think it's George Kittle at all because we've been calling for this dude to get more targets. And now we're seeing the the fruit of all those targets, right? You target one of your best players, he's going to give you production. Seeing the toe tap in the end zone on a touchdown, uh, seeing everything he does in the blocking game. Uh, and I feel like there's just a little bit more pep in the entire offense, a pep in his step, which is off, always going to ignite the rest of the group when he's playing a certain type of way. And he's always going to come correct. But it just feels like there's an extra, uh, an extra giddy up in the offense when George Kittle is involved. So I think it's been one of the biggest things since Brock Purdy. And I don't know why or if it's, if it's all Purdy or not, but there's, it's definitely a connection with Brock Purdy and George Kittle going right right now. It, it, It definitely looks like Brock Purdy is targeting him. But when you look at the stats, it doesn't necessarily reflect that. Like it doesn't touchdowns, but overall, like I looked at the last two weeks and it's eight catches for like 50 yards. So that's not anything earth shattering, but I think just the impact of the plays. Now, obviously, there was the was it the Seahawks had the broken play that he was wide open. He scored on the long run. Then he had the uh, double screen, triple screen, fake thing, uh, tight end screen, and he scored on that. But I, I think it is a little overblown. I'd say it's more so like what we've seen from Kittle, aside from just more touchdowns. Because it, it, it feels like it's like, oh man, like he's balling right now. He's he's balling. He's getting after it, like as if he's having like Travis Kelsey games, and that's not the case. It, and yeah, it, it feels like he's getting a dozen targets a game, but he's he's not. But it's just impactful targets when he's getting them. It's kind of the same with with Brandon Ayuk. And by the way, congratulations to both those guys. George Kittle, eleven touchdowns on the season. Brandon Ayuk going over a thousand yards for the first time in his career. Remember that stretch where Brandon Ayuk caught like five balls over three games and four of them were for touchdowns or something like that. Um, <laughs> right. It, it, and I feel like it's the same right now with with George Kittle. Just like the not only are they making plays, but when they make plays, this like big first downs, it's touchdowns. Brandon Ayuk, four catches for 59. Felt like a lot more than that in this game. Um, George Kittle, th- four for 29. It felt like on six targets, with, but two of them were touchdowns. It felt like a whole lot more than it actually was. So, right. yeah, it's, it's – um, and, I mean – It, it feels like it's like, oh, man, Kittle, like, Kittle is back. That's what it feels like. Right. And then you look at the box score and it's like – it's the same, but you see that touchdown, a touchdown in the column or two. And that's what we haven't seen from him. Come to think of it, not many balls hit the ground. And it's because a couple of them were intercepted uh, from David Blau and then one from McSorley as well when he came into the game and uh, after Blau had the concussion. But Blau was 14 of 18 for 180 yards. He had the, the touchdown pass 
at the beginning and then two interceptions. Uh, and then Brock Purdy was 15 of 20 for 178 yards and, and three touchdowns. So, I mean, the, the percentage of like big plays that are happening and touchdowns that are happening when Brock Purdy's throwing the ball and when you, when you only throw the, when you only complete 15 passes and three of them are for touchdowns, that's how you ended up with a rating of 141.3 for the rookie quarterback. Uh, the offensive line was awesome again today. Uh, they were running the heck out of the football. Mitchell, McCaffrey, Mason, Ty Davis Price getting in there and pounded folks at the very end of the game, too. Um, Debo getting to carry, use check looking spry. I think that was a reception early in the game that, that, uh, yeah, 26 yard reception for Kyle Juszczyk early on in the game. I was like, did, did Juszczyk and Christian McCaffrey swap jerseys? Juszczyk was looking quick on that play, but man, I was like, I, it's crazy. It's an embarrassment of, of weapons that the 49ers have. So as long as uh, young Brock Purdy doesn't, you know, fall on his face in the playoffs. I mean, I, I just love where the 49ers offense is at because they're they're They can put up points now. And it's not that thing where it's like, oh, man, can you get to 21 points? And then the 49ers can probably win because of their defense. It's like, man, the defense is balling out and the offense can score. I think that Kyle Juszczyk is underutilized. And maybe it's just because of all the weapons that the 49ers have. Maybe that's why George Kittle doesn't have the, the target or receptions that it feels like he put, potentially should have because you have guys like Kyle Juszczyk who you can kind of throw the ball to him and he's he's sitting there wide open in front of the quarterback. He throws it to him. He cuts up field. He knocks up field. He makes a guy miss, breaks a kind of a tackle or goes through a guy. And it's like, yeah, I mean, they, they got these type of yards after catch guys, yet bros, all over the field. There was one where he got uh, D- Debo Samuel got the ball in the flat, and I'm like, oh, here we go. Now he got like 10 yards or something like that, but it just felt like, oh, he's about to score. And I think Debo maybe had like two touches or three touches all game, but it just felt like anytime he touched the ball, he could potentially score. And they have those type of guys all over the field. That's why for whoever they play, it's just a tough matchup because how do you defend that? When you have a guy like IU is being utilized the way that he is. George Kittle, he's scoring touchdowns. And these other guys, you just get the ball in space and they just make plays. And I didn't even bring up Christian McCaffrey and what he's done in the passing game. Like that's, and, and then Elijah Mitchell, and he's back and he's scoring multiple touchdowns. And he led the team in rushing today. I mean, it's just, it's a lot. There's, there's a lot going on for teams to have to really worry about because they can all literally hurt you. It's not just like a, a team that, Oh, we got this guy, and you know this guy that you you haven't heard of, but you should know about him because he's. It's like no, you know about all of these guys, and and still, what do you do? And you, it, it makes teams have to play the Niners straight up too, right? Because yeah. they know that there's too many guys that can beat you, and we've seen times like uh, in the past where Debo Samuel just commands so much attention. So if he's in the backfield, he goes this way. Everybody goes that way. We've seen that at times now with Christian McCaffrey, uh, giving the 49ers the same boost where it's like, okay, Christian McCaffrey comes this way. Everyone goes this way. Boom. George Kittle pops open in the middle of the field. So, um, and you can't really play that way against the 49ers. You have to play him straight up. And when you play him straight up, there's at some point your dudes are going to be better than their dudes because of all the weapons the 49ers have on offense. And Brock Purdy has proven that he can get the ball to him and facilitate those playmakers. So, that, that's what's exciting about this 49ers team. Ten straight wins going into the playoffs. And, of course, yes, Christian McCaffrey is part of it. Um, people always want to come at me about Christian McCaffrey. Um, Kid Trickster says, we have the number one rated offense in the league because of Christian McCaffrey. Overpay or not, it was a slam dunk trade that Peacock won't admit. Um, yeah, I've talked about that numerous times 
and multiple times. So I'm not going to get into that uh, argument. You know what? You you yeah. take a lot of heat for that, but I had a similar thought on it. But they don't come at me. <laughs> they definitely come just, at you. They know I'm the running backs don't matter guy. But clearly, yeah. I think because you came at it like that, right? Yeah. Where it was just like, wouldn't do it. Yeah, and, and clearly Christian McCaffrey's awesome, and he's brought a lot to the 49ers offense. But I, like, let's be completely honest. Chris McCaffrey's not on the field. Is like, is like, oh, the 49ers are gonna lose that game to the Cardinals. You know what I mean? Like, he's awesome and it's good. It's, I'm not taking anything away from him. But could they have not won that game without Christian McCaffrey? Right. You're, so you're saying, you know I mean? take him out, and then what does the game look like? And then yeah. my head is just, I mean, a lot Elijah more Mitchell's, Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell <laughs> gaining 11 yards per carry. They weren't gonna lose the game because they didn't have Christian McCaffrey. He's been awesome. There might have been some games. And, and that's what the argument should be is how much better he makes the offense, uh, the gravity that he brings to to him, you know, when you fake to, to him and, and, you know, people are are, um, are are chasing him. But, yeah, uh, CMC is a wide back. CM, Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel are not a lot different for what they're able to do. I love seeing Christian McCaffrey out wide running wide receiver routes too because he's good at it. I love that. I think he's, he's better route runner than Debo? He uh, he's probably a little twitchier out of his break, maybe than Debo. I think that's fair to say. I don't know if I would similar say similar skill set. They just they win different. Yeah, yeah. And Debo's just such a monster. It's like, dude, you, you don't want to arm tackle this dude. It's crazy. And you kind of forget, and you see him out there, and he's just so big and thick, and you see him run through guys. It's like, oh my god, it's so fun to watch. He's just he's different. Yeah, he's a, Debo's a different beast. All right. Yeah. Uh, but we do have a uh, and by the way, Christian, the whole thing with the Christian McCaffrey trade, he's been awesome for sure. They didn't they, they didn't trade for him to win week 18 against the Cardinals. And that's been part of your argument as well. That's the whole thing. I like teasing just because everybody just gets on your no, body. Like it. It's totally fine. And like I love that's the thing is like I I love Christian McCaffrey. He's awesome. He's super fun. Um, I just hope he doesn't get hurt. I'm glad I was so sad excited when I saw him get, get yanked out of the game, right? Because it's like, damn, carried the ball 26 times last week. Take it easy. We need this guy in the playoffs. That's the thing. It's like you got him to get over the hump. Once the 49ers get over the hump and he earns that $12 million salary next year, the year after you win, you, you hold up a trophy at the end of the year. Like those are the reasons you trade for Christian McCaffrey. Then whatever that future payment, because you can go put, you can go get yourself a new Hemi crock on credit right now. Right. And you're feeling good today, <laughs> but at some point you got to pay that bill. And the Niners haven't had yeah. to pay that bill yet. Um, but Christian McCaffrey is awesome. Period. Yeah, for sure. Um, but they, these games in January, that's why they went and got Christian McCaffrey. And uh, I can't wait to see how he is deployed in these playoffs. Speaking of those playoffs, we got a kickoff time. 49ers, Seahawks, we'll give out some game balls next. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. I'm super geeked out about our latest sponsor, Ultimate Football GM, the mobile game. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise, well, your dream can come true. And this game is definitely for you manage every strategic aspect for your team play through the season and lead your team to glory you're responsible for hiring the right coaches and coordinators trading players making draft picks navigating your franchise through free agency in the draft and all the ups and downs of a season all this in a challenging and realistic game world ultimate football gm is completely free and playable online play on the go uh play as you want and whenever you want to uh, i'm still in year two of my franchise 
things are picking up. It was a it was a really lean year number one. Now year number two, starting to see some of those wins, starting to see my quarterback Roland Battle is his name developing. So uh, see if you can if you if you can uh, take me on and, and build a better franchise than I have at Ultimate Football GM and Locked On 49ers listeners get a one hundred percent free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On in the game store. That's Locked On, all caps, one word. Locked On in the game store to get a one hundred percent free boost download the game just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores ultimate-gm.com ultimate football gm start your dynasty today saturday 125 p.m pacific kickoff 49ers and the seattle seahawks short week saturday croc we're going saturday football with the 49ers and the Seahawks. I can't wait for that one. You like the Saturday game or you prefer the, the Sunday or a Monday nighter? Yeah, I, I, I like it, but someone just DM me the forecast and it looks like rain is on the menu. So does that help or hurt the 49ers? And I would assume with the way that the 49ers play, doesn't hurt them. Well, you, yeah. you think the rain would affect the Seattle Seahawks more because of, you know, the guys that, you know, you got the Debo, you got the Tyler Lockett. They they want to kind of probably push the ball. I don't think they want to play small ball with those guys. Obviously, I have Kenneth Walker. He's doing well. He's back. He's healthy. But yeah, traditionally, are really good said, against a run. So. Uh, traditionally, I would have said the Seahawks. And, you know, it's, it's rainy up there in Seattle. So maybe they're a little bit more used to that weather and, and practicing uh, and true, all that. But, um, good point. Good point. And, and, you know, traditionally, the Pete Carroll teams would want to muck it up a little bit in the rain. But I just think the way the 49ers can play, the way they can run the ball, uh, you know, multi-headed monster in the backfield, the catch and run short stuff, uh, I don't think it benefits anybody and might even hurt Seattle a little bit with the, with the deep passing game. So I'd probably say... When, when I say hurt them, because I see the chat too, and you said it, like, oh, they're used to the rain because being used to it and being able to be, you know, the full you because of it, those are two different things. Oh, yeah. So just that, like, you, I can be, mean you want to play in it. Right. It doesn't mean that it still works to your advantage. Now, if it gets crazy like it did week one in, in Chicago, that, that's different, right? To where now that's just, you don't know how it's going to how it's gonna go. It's a good but point, but West Coast Manny says, uh, the rain affected us in week one, cost us a first round bye. Right, yeah. and I was talking about, I mean, but that wasn't rain. That was, that was, that was, was so different crazy. than rain. There's been some monsoon-like conditions in the Bay Area recently. Like, this is crazy. Like, is the, is the California drought over? Like, I've never seen this much rain over the course of multiple weeks now. And it keeps coming day after day. It actually just started raining when I came out here to, to record this podcast. It's supposed to be really heavy rain again tomorrow. The storm knocked down my fence in the front of my house. Um, I saw that. Trees falling down and stuff. Like uh, it's it's pretty crazy over here. So if it's one of those, it, it might affect the guys out there on the field. I don't know how how intense it's going to be Saturday, but man, uh, yeah, it's it's been wet out here. They've done a good job of keeping up with the Levi Stadium field. They just put a new field in, right? What was it like a week or so ago? Two weeks? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, uh, and actually, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think about that. I didn't notice any conditions at all tonight. Did you? The field being wet from all the rain? No, not at all. No. And it's so funny because if you think back some years ago, 
I mean, that was a, it was a big issue, right? The Levi Stadium field, they couldn't get it right. They tried all these different type of grass. All right, we're going to use this grass. It's like manufactured on this mountain and this hill, and it's going to make it to where you can't slip. And the guys are like, oh, they're going to get hurt. So, uh, But now you don't hear that, and it looks beautiful, and everybody's footing is good. And, and uh, I guess it just took them a while, but they figured it out. So whatever, they, they just resolid the grass or whatever. It seems like that stuff is working. Brock Purdy's a mutter. JC says Brock was throwing dimes in the rain in practice. Dude, nothing. I believe it. it. Brock feels like it's not, again, it's still, when I watch him, and I think one of the touchdown passes to George Kittle was really nice, later throw. But I, I don't see like this, like flash, like this, like, whoo, oh my goodness. Like, did you see how Purdy made this? But it's like, good, good, good. Good, good. And it feels like his play style just it just works. And it and it just fits and it's like this this gamer type thing. I did see I have seen one thing where I'm like, okay, he's he's very comfortable. That's clear. But is he running out of pockets a little too quick where he's and he's like sprinting out. <laughs> yes. And I've seen that a few times now. And and he's not fast, but he's quick. So once he gets to top speed, there's nothing else there. And so it's and it was funny because he he kind of met a freak today because Simmons on the the linebacker for the Arizona Cardinals like that dude's fast like fast fast you know so sometimes defensive lineman you can do that thing and he goes this way he goes back the other way and escapes out the back he, he wasn't going to escape from Simmons so when you got guys bearing down on you like that he's not going to be able to get away from him um, and he might be a little it, it's it, he's he's good at throwing the ball away. So it, aside from a couple of sacks, it hasn't really hurt him, but he is kind of quick to run and get out of there. And, and you hope that doesn't become something that becomes a problem. And maybe teams, maybe that's, maybe that's where teams can, um, you know, scheme to make life difficult for Brock Purdy because we've seen him play, you know, throw against zone. We've seen him throw against man. Uh, we've seen him beat blitzes. You know, he's, he, he's, he's, it's, it's, Nobody's found the recipe that I've found that I've seen to make it really difficult on him right. yet. And, and even if it's like shaky for a half, he comes back even stronger. So, um, but yeah, yeah. He kind of gets out of the pocket pretty quick. Vietas says, hope Shani practices him some exotic runs using Debo, Christian McCaffrey and Mitchell next week. Yeah. And I love the throwing the ball to the backs out of the backfield thing. That's what, that's one of the biggest things that Christian McCaffrey's brought to the offense. Remember, I think it was like two days before the 49ers trade for Christian McCaffrey. Or I think it was that week. We were talking about on the podcast. I was like, why doesn't Kyle Shanahan's offenses ever feature throwing the balls to the running backs? He's like the occasional yeah. Texas route, you know, option route, whatever it is. And, and that's it. And now it's like, oh, yeah, okay, there's all this that could happen. That play to that long pitch to, um, to Mitchell today. And, if, and he, they never really threw the ball to Debo out of the backfield. A couple of times so that that's something you could definitely do because you give the run look you get them in the backfield you get Debo and Christian McCaffrey back there at the same time you could throw to him you could run it to him either way so that's exciting stuff um I can't wait for that and they did one of those with a check down the Debo he, he lined up in the backfield and it looked like maybe again just kind of trying to look at the quarterback's eyes Christian McCaffrey maybe was his first read or a guy in the vicinity of Christian McCaffrey it wasn't there, and on the replay, I was able to see there were two guys on McCaffrey, and he checked it down to Debo Samuel. So, um, but yeah, even those type of things, we didn't. We talked. The, the 49ers had like the least amount of catches from backs, or at least guys running out of the 
backfield. Yeah. Uh, in the NFL, right? It, it right. was like it was like drastically low. Yeah. <laughs> and we were curious, like, are they going to just all of a sudden scrap what they've been doing and just throw the ball to Christian McCaffrey? I think now we can say, yeah, they. they, they yeah, answer are, is, yeah. yeah. And good, and, and it's a good thing they are. Yeah, throw the ball to that dude. Um, uh, game balls here. I want to give a game ball to George Kittle. Two touchdowns. Love it. Keep keep feeding George Kittle. Love the energy that he brings. The big spikes after the touchdowns. Love it. Croc, there's any game balls you want to give out here before we go? Uh, Brock Purdy, man. Like, and not just for this game, but it, the the tasks at hand for him was virtually impossible, right? To come in, be Mr. Irrelevant, come into a situation that is ideal in the sense of you know what is surrounding him, but not ideal in the sense of like I'm a rookie and now this is a team that has Super Bowl aspirations. How do I keep those aspirations up? And the moment Garoppolo got hurt, it was ah, oh, season's over. Like that's what I was getting those text messages. Like you guys are done now. And Brock Purdy has done nothing but I think instill even more confidence in the 49ers and their passing game and kind of what it looks like. And I feel confident every time he drops back to throw the ball. So I'd say just you know just what he's done. I think he just gets a game ball for this entire scenario. Like I said, that seemed impossible, but now it's like, ah, like it feels like you can win a Super Bowl with him. The 49ers, and there's no hyperbole, the 49ers have been better with Brock Purdy. Period. Right. So that's, and until that stops happening, they're, they're a better football thing. They have a better chance. If he keeps playing like this, they have a better chance to win the, the Super Bowl than whatever their plan A was coming into the year. Well, actually, uh, we, we got some people that know. said Gibson. Oh, Gibson. Uh, some yeah. Said, yeah. Uh, but uh, yes, yes, because, well, you didn't drop the ball, but it was like, they were like punts. Those were arm punts, but he's been really good. And we haven't really talked about him that much here on the podcast. Um, not a sexy position out there, safety. And, you know, but he's made the plays when they've been presented. And he was a really nice addition for the 49ers and kind of out of nowhere. He, he's been awesome. Actually, I want to talk a little bit more about some like uh, Brock Purdy for Rookie of the Year season long award type stuff tomorrow because I want to, there's another thing some other things I want to talk about with uh, with with um, Brock Purdy and, and some of the 49ers and some some end of year awards and wrap this thing up as we get ready for the Seattle Seahawks and the playoffs. I'm going to give a, a game ball to all the injured guys that came back too. I'm I'm excited for the for the 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 healthy versions of Devo Samuel and Elijah Mitchell in the playoffs. It was awesome to see him out there and, and looking like they're pretty darn close to hundred percent. All right. We got to get out of here. Thanks everybody for making locked on 49ers. Your first listen back tomorrow. Uh, more about the Seattle Seahawks, what that matchup could look like talk end of season awards, maybe season long game balls. I think would be pretty fun. We're going to have another winky Wednesday this week. We are going to have uh, another third crossover with Corbin Smith of locked on Seahawks as well. Getting y'all ready for some playoff football. Talk to you then, right here, Locked On 49ers.